Yo, 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 what's up all you burner stoners and potheads out there? This is Weedman420 with the Weedman420 Chronicles. How are all you vipers doing out there this evening? Mrs. Weedman, how you doing? Hello, everybody. I am very well. Very Can't well? Very well. That's good. We want this weather to get better in Chicago, that's for sure. It is feeling like October versus May. <laughs> tell, tell me about it. I won't even go outside. Normally, I like go out and check the garden and see what's going on out there. No. At least it was I'm sunny. Like, At least the sun's out. I'm like rebelling against Chicago weather, and I just won't go outside. I, <laughs> we have plenty of people that take walks and walk their dogs and go to school that pass our home. And they are way too bundled up for May. <laughs> yeah, very so, much so. I go very, out when I have to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we go out for work and stuff like that, but it has been chilly. We need some warm Yeah, we need, some, we need some 70s and 80s coming yeah. quick here. Memorial weekend can't come fast enough. I'd even enough. take high 60s. Me too. I would take 60s, 68, 69. Well, what? Like 40. <laughs> Fuck. It's been I'm cold. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> I dream about like living on an island. Oh, it's been cold. Hot. Yes, we want it to be warm. We like the warmth. Someday, I want to go outside and smoke big doinks in the warmth. Yeah, sit so, in the yard. Well, hopefully around the world, the weather's treating you nice. In Chicago, it will be nice. It's just a fake spring, as we always say here in Chicago in the May, April, May time. But I want to say something real quick. Around the world, everybody, man, we need some peace. We need some love. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now. A lot of countries in conflict, man. Praying for you all out there. Just please, 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 please. Peace, kind, happiness, love is going to get us through. So just try to love one another best you can. Um, we love you all. Start smoking cannabis. It'll slow everything down and make everything peaceful. So, But let's get going, Mrs. Weed, man, with the show. Here we go. Big win for all you burner stoners and potheads out there. Frequent cannabis use and consumers are actually more physically active than non-users. Study finds smashing the stereotypes. How do you make that sound? <laughs> that one, that one. That's necessary. <laughs> there it is right there. In a, in a stereotype-busting new study, researchers found that frequent cannabis consumers are actually more likely to be physically active compared to the non-using counterparts. For decades, anti-cannabis propaganda has cast cannabis consumers as unmotivated, Couch potatoes. The government-funded ad is a perfect example. Oh, before that, we might as well just show everybody how we do it, though. Let's smoke, Mrs. Weed Man. Let's do it. So to show this, how this article and how burner stoners and potheads do it, I'll keep on reading while Mrs. Weed Man burns. Uh, what am I smoking? You are smoking the home grow. The Weed Man 420 Chronicles experiment by our boy Finos from our boy Wes. Right. Uh a study published in the Harm Reduction Journal on Thursday found the opposite to be true. A nationally representative analysis of accelerometer measured uh, senatory behavior showed that people who frequently use cannabis, particularly those aged 40 and older, spend more time engaging in physical activity than non-users do. Go 40-year-olds, baby! Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Go 40. Uh, as Mrs. Weedman chokes yeah. on that big fat doink. Our findings do not support the mainstream perception of cannabis users as living sedentary lifestyles, the researchers concluded. 
and generally found that there is no significant difference between non-current cannabis users and light, moderate, or frequent cannabis users in minutes per day spent in, in that behavior. The difference came down to the average minute, minutes that each group spent in physical activity. After controlling for all for all frequent cannabis users engaged in significantly greater amounts of light physical activity or moderate to vigorous physical activity compared to non-current users, the study states in the unadjusted model, moderate cannabis users predicted more minutes spent in moderate to vigorous physical activity compared to non-current users. Win one for the Gipper, baby, right there. But this association was not significant upon controlling for all uh, caveats, uh, light cannabis users did not significantly differ from non-current users in time engaged in physical activity. The results suggest that frequent cannabis users engaged in more physical activity than non-current users but spent similar amounts of time in sedentary behavior, the researchers said. While the study indicated that the light cannabis users is not associated with a uh, statistically significant difference in time being physically active, those who fre- infrequently use cannabis were more likely to self report more moderate physical activity compared to non-users. In a national population-based U.S. sample, current cannabis use was significantly associated with accelerometer measured such that frequent cannabis users engaged in greater minutes of light PA uh, to moderate to physical activity compared to non-current users. Wow. I have a good demonstration of that. When we go, obviously... This hasn't happened in a while because of COVID. Um, but when we go to shows, concerts, um, we smoke more than we drink. I mean, think about it. If you are in a general admission concert, you work your way up to the stage. or at We least do. We do. It t- it's a work, right? It, it's quite a bit of effort. A lot of elbows, a lot of sweat. You get touched by a lot of sweat. <laughs> It's it's work. So when you get up to that stage, you're not going back. So whatever you have, whatever drink you have in hand is going to last you through the show. So we tend to smoke when we're at shows because you're not you're just not coming and going. And we dance and we stand on our feet for hours upon hours. Yeah. Shows. Yep. And we're high. We don't like sit. I, probably the most high we get is when we go to shows because it just we like, smoke the whole time elevates the experience. Yeah. In such a fun way. So that's my two cents yeah. i mean i don't ever at one point feel like oh i need to take a nap while i'm at a show right. while i'm really high no right not at all yeah the researchers also Sorry. looked that's okay the Side researchers note. also looked at the relationship between cannabis use activity and age finding that people over 40 <laughs> who consume <laughs> cannabis moderately spent an average of 16 minutes 16 more minutes engaged in moderate physical activity each day than non-users whoop, whoop. There you go. Extra time on your feet. I love it. To explain that trend, the study suggests that cannabis is being used for exercise-induced pain recovery since physical activity brings about pain and muscle soreness and a decreased pain threshold and muscle hypersensitivity have been documented with increasing age. Um, Yeah, I can say that sometimes, Mm -hmm. but not much. These findings add to the cannabis and physical behavior literature by incorporating objective accelerometer measures, the research concluded. Further understanding of the association between cannabis use and health behaviors is essential to fully addressing the public health concerns associated with cannabis use. Boom, baby. Win one for us. Win one for the cannabis community. Win one for all you burners, stoners, and potheads out there, and all you 40-year-olds and up Go get that exercise. Go show them that we are not lazy. We are not just ones that sit on the couch. That has been a lie that's been 
put since the 1930s when they made that Reefer Madness movie and they made us made us all look like lazy bums and we're not we're hardworking people we love life we treat everybody respectfully we make sure that we go to work on time we get our shit done yeah we like to come home and burn i like to come home and burn and i know all you listeners like to come home and burn but we do it and we do it respectfully we treat others this with 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 respect upon ourselves and everybody out there who uses cannabis do not fall victim of them calling you lazy because you are not none of us are i go to work 40 hours 50 60 hours a week i do i go to school i have a podcast i spend great time with, with mrs Weedman. i try to do some stuff outside for myself you do you don't forget that yeah right 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 totally that's the weed talking baby yeah <laughs> it is <laughs> Mrs. Wee Man. I am. One I'm of here. your favorite candies. Mm-hmm. What are what is it? Name a few. The one that you always like. It's Swedish sc- fish. They get stuck in your throat. Skittles. Skittles. Yeah, I choke on them all. But you the love time. them. I love them. You can't stop yeah. eating them. And then I choke on them. Right. <laughs> well, here's a situation. Here's a situation. Skittles candy owner with an S sues Skittles. Or Skittles with a Z and a Z at the end for trademark infringement. Skittles. 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 Give me some of those Skittles. Skittles. Mars Inc. Wrigley Unit. Say that. Skittles. There's no G. I didn't say G. That's hard. That's not even. I don't think that's possible. What is the Z K sound? And one might cancel out the other. It's just Skittles. Skittles. I don't know. But anyway, the owner of Skittles Star, uh, Starburst Lifesavers Candies filed complaints against uh, Terpogaz, the maker of TH-infused candy Skittles, on the grounds of trademark infringement. The lawsuit was filed Monday in U.S. federal courts, uh, Illinois and California and Canada, seeking to halt the sale of Skittles goods during <laughs> paraphernalia clothing and merchandise. A Mars Wrigley, we take great pride in making the treats that parents can trust giving their children and children can enjoy safely. In Illinois, you cannot put anything on the labels that will entice kids to try it. And I think that's a lot of laws around the country when it comes to cannabis laws. You can't there's certain things you can't do. You can't have like advertising near playgrounds, schools, arcades, uh, public areas where kids are at. Um, you can't make the packaging look, look childish enticing. or right. like youthful. I don't think there's if there are filing a complaint against the name, which is stupid. I can understand if they make the package look like Skittles. I get that. That I understand why Mars is doing it. If they're just doing it because of the name, the name, I think their name is dope as hell with a Z and a Z at the end. So, I mean, but you got to be careful with kids out there. We talked about the can of bumps last time, giving it a bad name. We do have to protect the identity and, and be really real when it comes to when we're cannabis. It's still, I mean, I just read an article that, uh, a three-year-old found a bunch of gummies in a in a uh, in a dresser and ate them. Yeah, and, and it was a hundred milligrams. And so that's scary. We and need to be careful. Dangerous. Yes. yes. So I I agree. I think with, that with why they need yeah. to like be careful with packaging. We talk about regulation all the time, and they're pro and standard standardization. I think that there will maybe be a point where cannabis candy, if it's a chewy candy, it has to be shaped in this shape. 
And if it's a gummy, it has to be shaped in this shape. And everybody uniformly has the same shapes because then children, because now you got to remember, as states go legal, recreationally legal, cannabis is openly in people's homes now, right? More than ever. Right. So these candies, and now that we're getting the candies and they're packaged and they are very, like, uh, enticing. The packaging is very, it, you want to see it. You want to touch it and you want to see right. it and taste. Everything tastes delicious. So I think part of standardization might mean that cannabis-infused candies of any way, shape, or form have to be in particular shapes so that kids are growing up learning, oh, that's a pyramid. That's cannabis. Can't eat that chocolate. In oh, some states, that- they uh, that you're not allowed to make it look like candy, like shapes. It has to just be square, circle, triangle, and that's right. it. But it also up to the parents making sure that their stuff is locked in a lockbox, right. especially when kids well, are around. It's just like alcohol and chemicals in right. your house. You right. You have, have to-, to keep it. It's... Listen, it's a plant that has psychoactive effects, okay? I don't call it a drug because I don't believe it's a drug, but it is a plant that has psychoactive effects. So you have to understand, a three-year-old doesn't know what they, what is in that, and they see a gummy bear, or they see a, a gummy worm, mm-hmm. or they see a hard candy. It's and, dangerous. And they're used to yeah. eating it right. out in the kitchen or in their playroom or watching TV. Well, when they see something like that, me being a kid, I would have gobbled them up myself too because mm-hmm. I would have saw gummy bears. It looks like the gummy bears I eat all the time. That child does not know. And I know I've been around parents that are telling their kids, like, you can't have this. This is daddy and mommy's medicine. And I think that's great, but you still need to lock away the stuff that could be. You just can't risk. Put harm and risk to your children or or children, period. You just have to be careful with it because this is what we're trying to protect. That cannabis is a medicine. It's healthy, but it also still can put kids in danger because of the psychoactive effects on it. So just be careful out there. I, I'm not agreeing with with Mars, but I am in some ways because of packaging. And there is laws across the country in a lot of states that you can't put in packaging. You can't advertise certain ways. I actually just read it. I'm studying for my final for school, and I was just reading it again. So just be careful, all you companies out there. Protect protect the way we protect each other in the cannabis community. We also have to protect our children, and we also have to protect people that don't use cannabis, and they might see it as candy and eat it too. So a, a bad trip is a bad trip. We've all been there. We've all had a, a bad edible moment in our life. I've had two, one maybe, you know, but mm-hmm. we were, crying to your mom is no fun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, have we had a deal with hospice at all in our life? I mean, I know we've had deaths in our family, but I've never really truly been a part of the hospice thing. You know, I, I know you have, I have yeah. but I really haven't been a part of it. Do you, do you feel since you've been a part of it, like w- with grandparents passing away, stuff like that, do you feel that cannabis should have been offered? Yes. Um, obviously, we weren't a uh, legal or recreational state at the time that any of those people passed. But um, I really do think that it's beneficial. And I think that for years of, you know, friends or family of people that are dealing with terminal illness do encourage that if they're open to cannabis. Um, but now it like the question is, should it be really officially part of hospice care and how can they possibly make that work? So this, uh, article is quite interesting. Um, a life threatening illness, of course, is one of the most frightening experiences anyone can go through. No one wants to be diagnosed with a terminal illness, and no one wants someone they love diagnosed either. 
Yet, as Americans continue to age, the risk of terminal illnesses increase, with more people getting admitted to hospitals and hospices. The Centers for Disease Control announced that there are an estimated 1.4 million people in hospice receiving care from varying life-threatening illnesses. This number is a tremendous increase from what was attainable in the last 20 years. In those hospices, patients receive a special kind of care that slows the painful end-of-life process. The care given to patients at hospices is provided by compassionate individuals who are available to make the last life phases very comfortable. While these hospices are doing their best, there are still instances where some patients don't get better with the care they receive. Of course, this is a problematic situation, and it has many uh, medical experts seeking solutions for hospices, and cannabis is one of the most viable ideas they explore. Despite the good intentions, the legal status of cannabis affects its use and effectiveness in hospices. The federal's lack of support makes it difficult for some healthcare providers to prescribe cannabis for their patients in hospice. Where it is utilized in hospice care, it helps to ease patients' suffering as it plays a significant therapeutic role for patients dealing with the emotional despair that comes with a terminal illness. Hospices are turning to cannabis as a way of reinventing their approach to Medicare for patients. They want a more patient-centric care experience. In addition to cannabis, they also integrate additional treatment options such as music, thoughtful quality care, and family moments to make the most to make treatment options more available. As Americans' attitudes towards cannabis change, more hospices are encouraged to consider it as a treatment option. Currently, 87% of Americans support the utilization of medical cannabis as a treatment option for terminally sick patients. Primarily, hospices use cannabis as a care treatment alternative to ease the patient's spiritual and existential suffering. The mild euphoria cannabis offers gives the patients a sense of well-being which eases the body, mind, and spirit as they come to terms with the possibility of death. Ugh. Shouldn't they just be given as much cannabis as they want? <laughs> My goodness. In why is this even a debate? Yeah. Like, who cares about the laws? I'm surprised I mean, what are they going to do, I'm, get I'm arrested? I'm surprised it's 87%. Laying, it should be like 99.9%. Yeah. In 2019, a study showed the impact of cannabis and CBD on hospice and palliative care places, with data drawn from over 300 care professionals from 40 American states. The professionals offered overwhelming support for cannabis use in hospices, regardless of the legal status in their state. So that's great. Um, which, with such factual details and preference for its use in hospice, one can only ask, how does it help those hospices? And here are some answers. Number one, pain reduction. It's one of the most prominent benefits of cannabis use in hospice. The patients sometimes experience excruciating pain, which can make them uncomfortable, making their stay at hospice unpleasant. But with medical cannabis treatment, pain is reduced and replaced by a euphoric sensation that eases the patient's mind, thus making them numb to pain. This health benefit of cannabis can only be effective when the substance is used consistently. It's also an enhancer. It heightens patients' sensory perceptions and awareness, thus leading to a better appreciation of tastes, senses, and music. Remember that some people in hospice are older individuals who gradually lose their ability to recognize feelings and their sense of taste. But when cannabis is administered, the patient's sense of awareness is heightened, enabling them to appreciate every moment as their days are numbered. 
It helps increase their appetite. Patients in hospice often struggle with their appetite because of intense treatments. Despite appetite, um, it is also prevalent because they're emotionally down. Uh, with yeah, illnesses, they know because they know like they, it's coming dying. to an end. Yeah, right. I mean, there's a small chance that Man, you could recover. Make sure when I'm in hospice, you just fill me up with edibles and there's just hospice let me for be like me. terminal care, but people that could still get better. And then right. there's like that end stage palliative yeah. care. Give me all the cannabis you could possibly give me. Oh my me. gosh, yeah, <laughs> right. Just be stoned, whacked out. Great. <laughs> um, with illnesses taking a toll on their mental health, it also decreases their appetite. But CBD is an appetite-boosting compound that encourages them to eat regularly and also snack in between meals. Hell yeah. Right? Snacks. Snacks. A hospice patient will have a greater chance of better managing illness when he or she consistently eats nutritious meals. It helps ease anxiety, which is a common symptom that hospice patients experience. How about it? Due to the fear of death and worries about their families. But when medical cannabis is administered, the THC and CBD it contains impacts anxiety levels. THC, when given in smaller doses, decreases anxiety, and CBD also does the same, thus helping the patient feel relaxed and calm, which provides a significant boost to their health. So bottom line, medical experts are increasingly excited about the enormous potential of cannabis. Globally, people are beginning to appreciate the value of cannabis too. Products have been tested and approved for use and should be integrated into the healthcare system because of their immense benefits. Experts and caregivers at hospice derive incredible benefits from cannabis and both of the plant's recreational and medicinal properties are highly valued by caregivers and patients. However, for cannabis to reach its lofty potential in hospice, it, it, it coming in the future, um, there must be a unified legal status from federal to state levels. Yeah. So again, right? Yeah, federal kind of law. Our, come on, yeah. man. Yep. At least I don't even want to get into that. Yeah, I mean that we talk about yeah. that all the time. Yeah. Um, I I think every hospice patient that wants it should be able to get it. I mean, if I was, I'd be sneaking it into people if they mm -hmm. wanted it, you know, mm -hmm. something to make these people feel like comfortable when knowing, like we said, when death is upon your doorstep and you know it's coming and there might be times where you're alone, you know, and there's nobody around. Mm. Imagine just being on cannabis and just being able to feel the earth around you. I think the yeah. experience will be a lot different for people. More peaceful. Yes. More accepting. Yes. You get them a very low dose heavy like sedative but like awake and be able to talk clearly like mm -hmm. more of a full body high with just a little bit of psychoactive effect kind of strain so they're comfortable mm -hmm. they can talk they can still relate to people they're not so they out eat. there because do they get yeah. do they get like um opioids and stuff and uh, all that kind morphine. of stuff at the so, care, so you're just you you're just putting all that in they're not they're not even there you know you're filling them up they with help all you that manage your medications in the beginning and then right. They help you with your pain management. And then ultimately you're getting morphine, which is essentially killing you. Well, yeah, that might be a, a foundation we can start one day, helping hospice cares with cannabis. That would be neat. That'd be dope. So just an idea. See what happens when you're baked. Come up with good ideas. And you are more active than a non-cannabis smoker. be saying that a lot. So 
be driving it into the stake mm-hmm. in the heart a little bit. <laughs> uh, the feds announced new standard to THC dose to be used in cannabis research effective immediately. The National Institution of Drug Abuse, NIDA, said in notice to research that there is a new requirement to measure and report results using a standard THC unit in all applicable human subject researchers, which is effective immediately. The standard is, guess, I'll give you one guess. I don't know. What do you think the standard THC level should... Five milligrams. That's what they said. Sweet. Five milligrams. I think that's fucking really low. It's very low. Like... For people ex- who... Extremely yeah. low. Because didn't, didn't that doctor who runs the Mississippi... Uh, Mississippi... University of Mississippi cannabis mm-hmm. program there. I forgot his name. But he was saying that they don't... They hardly have any THC in their cannabis at all. How, how can you actually really study it? And five milligrams in today's cannabis world is so low. You, you need to start with like 15... At minimum 15, because that's like you don't see any cannabis, very rare that I see it, that's under 10%. I think the the lowest I've had in a long time was like 13, 14% in a long time. We're not talking milligrams. We're talking percent, the strength in the overall plant. Yes. We're talking, this is five five milligrams of THC. A dose. Yeah. A dose dose. is five milligrams, the strength of the plant is a percentage. Right. So, um, so the NIA said that uh, in measuring and reporting THC exposure has been a major limitation in studies of cannabis use, which is great, making it difficult to compare findings among studies. Therefore, a standardized measure of THC in cannabis produced products is necessary to advance research by providing greater uh, comparability uh, across studies in both its adverse effects and potential medical uses. Um, by uh, by creating a standard THC dose, it uh, will nonetheless be easier to compare studies that involve THC exposure with the high priority uh, the National uh, Advisory Council on Drug Abuse. It is not in the in- it's not it is not the intent of the notice to prescribe the quantity of THC that is permissible for use in research projects. Instead, investigators are free to use more or less than five milligrams of THC. Oh, that's cool, as appropriate for their study. The notice states. However, for applicable studies, investigators will be required to report on the quantity of THC using the standard limit. Investigators may also report the quantity of THC in other units, milligrams as a, example milligrams as appropriate. This comes one year after NAIDA, which is part of the National Institute of Health, first solic- uh, solicited feedback on proposals to standardize THC content in cannabis research. So, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, they need to, like, test it throughout and i like that they said that they can use higher limits which is great i think there should be like test throughout all of them to see where, where it's at and what higher can do what lower can do what the mid can do and in between you know so i think it's good i think it's that we're coming along slowly but surely uh illinois to unveil plans for 110 new adult use cannabis licenses that's crazy that's really crazy with the with record breaking uh, April. Uh, you know um, what they're going to really do though is thirty five of those licenses are going to um, uh, social equity programs and, nice. and minorities and stuff like that, which is awesome. Uh, so with the original seventy five, I mean they're talking about having five hundred total here in Illinois, but it's pretty good. They, I mean, one hundred and ten, keep it going. So no lines for nobody. Uh, Tennessee limited medical cannabis bill to governor. Uh, the newsletter was on May 6, 2021. So we'll see what's going to happen with Tennessee doing a very little bit, little bit medical. It's a start. It's a start. So we'll see what happens. Um, what else here? Alabama 
The bill went to the governor's desk, I think, a day or two, two days ago. I haven't seen if it's signed yet. So I know we talked on the last episode about Alabama. It got all passed and it was just, it's going to pass. Nothing has changed what we've talked about since then. I know the governor was going to review it and see what's up. You need to get flower edibles concentrates on that bill, governor. If you do anything, fix it. Fix it. You know, <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, Kansas House approves medical cannabis legalization bill. The House did. They're still, from what I'm reading, it's still a very, very no-go where it probably won't make it past to the governor's desk. But we'll see. Come on, Kansas. Do it right. Dorothy and Toto need to smoke. Uh, Maryland police can no longer stop and frisk based on cannabis odor. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Make sure if you get pulled over and they say they're pulling you over for cannabis, you tell them to go fuck yourself. Mm. So, uh, but just, you know, just read the rulings there in Maryland. Good for you. Blue crabs are great. Camping on the beach is awesome in Maryland. Like your state. Uh, New Mexico medical cannabis. You're going to... When did you do that? When I was a kid. You did? Yeah. We camped all along the East Coast from Maine all the way to Key West. Okay. Yeah. Resume. Pa-pow! <laughs> <laughs> like, Pa-pow! Hold on a minute. <laughs> uh, New Mexico medical cannabis reciprocity rule changes declared unlawful. So it looks like New Mexico is going to be be able to you be able to come in with your med card, possibly, and get go to a, and get the same kind of treatment you'd get in your own state. Pretty good, New Mexico, Albuquerque. We had a good time there. Uh, processing cannabis now allowed in part of North Carolina. Uh, after tribal council votes to legalize it. On uh, a 100-square-foot mile uh, tucked in the westernmost corner of North Carolina, pot is now legal with some limitations. Uh, the tribal council of the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians voted Thursday to legalize the possession of up to one ounce of medicinal ma- cannabis on tribal land, also known as the Quaha... Uh, I'm sorry if I mispronounced this. I'll spell it. Q-U-A-L-L-A. Kuala? Sure. Uh, boundary. Oh, mm-hmm. Most of the tribe's 13,400 members live on the reservation, which encompasses 56,000 acres uh, and spans five counties in western North Carolina. That's dope. Good for you. It's their land. I mean, the whole United States is their land, so we get to just live here for a while. Um, Vermont is the newest state to ban Delta 8 THC. Now, we've been reading a lot about this cannabinoid. It's getting a lot of flack. And before I read some of this, I just want to say something about Delta 8. I've been thinking about this all week. Still haven't tried it. I will one day. But here's what we fucked up on on this cannabinoid that could be something really good out there and we will never know because we fucked it up from the beginning and tried to sneak it in. We try, Everyone tried to sneak it out there and as soon as people started feeling the effects from it and said it was legit the word got out internet everything well what happens state governments federal governments get involved because we just got delta 9 on it and cbd and we're getting some other cannabinoids now that are passing but we try to sneak this in everywhere instead of doing it the right way we knew eventually i i mean i think i kind of had some talks with people about this i kind of knew this was going to happen and by everything we've been talking about and reading about, it came on so quick, and it's probably going to get banned that quick because we didn't do the studies fast enough. We didn't we didn't process this. Listen, the federal government now and the state governments are involved in anything that's legal. You're going to have to friggin' show why the benefits and the effects of this is not something that should be banned like Delta 9 was. And 
basically prohibition of Delta 9 for 80 years. Okay? So let's read a little bit about this. According to Vermont Agency of Agricultural Farms and Markets, all hemp products containing Delta 8 THC are illegal, a change that went into effect on April 23rd of this year. Um, the Vermont AAFM sent out an email to all registered hemp farmers to inform them of the new statute. As of now, Vermont is one of 12 states that have banned the production of Delta 8 THC product. The other states are Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Delaware, Idaho, Mississippi, Iowa, Montana, Rhode Island, and Utah. Are you familiar with the THC that's not as psychoactive as Delta 9, but with the same general medicine benefits? Delta 8 is gaining popularity. Now we're committed to bring you the best products, is what people are saying. Okay? So, here's the deal. On their website, the agency even acknowledged the hemp plants naturally produce Delta 8 THC. However, because it only presents in trace amounts uh, products that are, are high in Delta 8 are normally made through a method known as Iso, um, isomerization, isomerization, I-S-O-M-E-R-I-Z-A-T-I-O-N. I can't help you right now. Okay, Mrs. <laughs> man. You're supposed to give me that backup. Nope. She's baked. All right, now. Which, synth- <laughs> which synthetically covers CBD to THC. So, the Vermont hemp rule state, a processor shall not use synthetic cannabinoids in the production of any hemp product or hemp-infused products. With the new ruling, the manufacturing labeling of sale of Delta 8 product would violate Vermont state law, as with any other Schedule 1 narcotic. Anyone caught producing, distributing, or processing Delta 8 products will face criminal charges. The ruling was uh, has the statewide Delta 8 THC industry up in arms and scrambling to figure out... Uh, you okay there? Mm-hmm. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a camera right now. Uh, and a large part of the industry suddenly, is suddenly prohibited <laughs> the update is expected to negatively negatively impact the newly established revenues in a major way uh more about delta hhc uh is naturally occurring minor cannabinoid found in the cannabis plant although it's structurally similar to delta 9 thc there are some major differences between the two for example delta 9 thc is the cannabis plant's most abundant psychoactive compound, whereas Delta-8 is only found in trace amounts. As a matter of fact, Delta-8 is not even produced by the enzymes in cannabis. Rather, it's created when Delta-9 THC oxidizes and slowly degrades into Delta-8. Also, CBN is made that way, too, is the, is the other new hot cannabinoid right now. So, um, and that, the, uh, when it comes to the chemical difference between Delta-8 and Delta-9, it all comes down to one molecule. In chemistry, delta refers to the double bond in a compound's molecular structure. Delta compounds have more electrons and will interact with the body in a different way than the single bond cannabinoids. The difference between the delta THC analogs comes down to where the double bond is located on their chain of carbon atoms. Delta 9 has this bond on the ninth carbon chain. The delta 8 THC has the double bond on the eighth carbon chain, it seems like a small difference, but I like I like bonds, bondage, bonds, you delta do? eight, delta nine. So now I know you like to go clamming. You like to <laughs> it go wasn't clamming. clamming. It wasn't clamming. And you like bondage. Hold on. So do you? Did you just say clamming? <laughs> you went clamming. Did you just say clamming? Oystering. No. What did you? You went clamming. I went. <laughs> I'll go clamming any day. <laughs> is that a thing? Such a bad dad joke. Sorry. What is that? I went blue crab. Crabbing. Crabbing. You went crabbing. Yes. But you go clamming in that area too, don't no. you? 
Where do you go clamming? In the up in the north. You can go clamming anywhere. You go they clamming live in, the in Maryland. Go, Maryland, right. they go but they I clam and lobster. Go, lobster. No, that's Maine. They get lobster. In Maine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that happens in Maryland too because Okay, but I never went clamming. When we when we lived in the Keys, I'll, there were a lot of snowbird fishermen and they did the lobster and the clams and all that shit in the summer northern right. months and they came to the keys I get for it. the I get it. Southern but I'm winters. saying I never went clamming. Yeah, I went did. blue yeah, crab you did. fishing. Yeah, you did. Crabbing. I'm gonna find out later. I'm you telling went. you I never <laughs> went clamming. This is me I'm having trouble over here with my vision. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see so good. I need my glasses. Similar oh, to the more dominant gosh. counterpart, Delta HTHC is partial agonist for both the CB1 and CB2 receptors, although it seems to have a stronger affinity to CB for CB1. Who's this, Agnes? <laughs> <laughs> this means there are effects to be felt. You know what? They always what? talk about dad jokes. Yeah? You got some mom jokes. Well, oh, I know I do. <laughs> I know. That's so good. I, know. I so, so know that. So good. Uh, hey, it's good to be corny. So as we talked about, it just... With Delta 8 right now, we're going to fuck this one up, and they're not going to study it. So we need to get this approved in your states. Let's not screw this up because it could be some really true good benefits to this Delta 8. And I think that the cannabis industry needs to talk to the local governments and the state governments and produce why this is just as key as Delta 8 and Delta 9 and all the other cannabinoids that are in cannabis. So I just think we need to be real careful with this. Just for a reference. Sure. You're back? I'm back. All right. Cannabis is the hemp plant or the cannabis plant with higher than 3% THC. You can only get cannabis at a dispensary with a medical license or a recreational, the ability to purchase recreationally in legal states, right? Cannabis, right? No? Why are you shaking your head? I'm wrong. Cannabis. There's CBD. I know. I'm not There's there yet. T- okay. Cannabis. Right. Over 3% THC in the plant sold in a dispensary mm-hmm. in legal states, okay. medical or recreational. Yes. Right? Then you've got CBD, which is the hemp plant with less than 3% THC that you're finding synthetic and you're finding real. Synthetic, you don't want. Real, you want. CBD comes from that plant and you can find it in vape shops, head shops, right? Smoke shops, drug stores, you even find health it in food stores. All of those things, dispensaries, right? Now, Delta-8, because cannabis, again, from dispensaries and recreational medicinal dispensaries, is Delta-9, right? So Delta-8 is this new strain. It's a new cannabinoid. It's a new cannabinoid, and they've been selling it at, like, where you find your CBD, but more like head shops, gas stations, yes. and things. Okay. I and have not even seen it in just a dispensary clarify. yet. Okay. I have not that's seen... I, was, I have not seen... Ask. You went really... You just should have just asked me, have you seen Delta 8 in a dispensary? Well, some people don't know. Maybe, <laughs> like, there's more people than me that have questions here, right? Gosh. <laughs> I have not I seen... I was laying it out. I know you were. I, like a blanket. Right. <laughs> Tucking trying us to, in. Trying to help a Tucking us out. in like a burrito. Tuck, no, not tucking you in. I'm laying it out. So. Is that a mom I, joke? No. Okay. I have not seen Delta 8 in a dispensary yet. Okay. Personally. Maybe there's people that have. And is it ever Delta a bud? Delta 8 bu- Or it's, it's I have not seen it in a bud. I've only okay. seen it in oils. And, and okay. gu- the gummies right now are like, everyone Everyone I talk to like, oh, I haven't tried a Delta 8 gummy yet. No, I have not tried a Delta. You haven't tried okay. a Delta 9 gummy? 
Right. So, you know, um, but yes, gummies are hot right now and cartridges. I have not seen it in flour. As we just said, you have to change the molecule. So I think you have to process it to be able to make it. That's Got why it. they're calling it synthetic. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yep. All right. Thank Hopefully you. everybody out there makes sense to them. If it doesn't, just email us. We'll help you out. Do the best we can. Florida Boxing Commission removes cannabis from banned substances. I think that's great. I think it's awesome because fighters have been known to get concussions. They've been known to get, um, what did Muhammad Ali have? Same thing as Michael J. Fox. ALS? Lou Gehrig? Uh, no. That's not the one. Um, Parkinson's. Parkinson's, thank you. And I know cannabis helps Parkinson's. Yes. So, and I know a lot of boxers that happens to. So I think that's great that Florida is doing that. I think all of, boxer, all of boxing should be allowed to smoke cannabis. So it's not going to affect them in the ring. Uh, here's another thing about the state of Nebraska. They, they put a medical cannabis bill. will go before full legislator sometime this week. Uh, and who knows if it'll pass. We've read that it's possibly negative. No. But we'll see what happens, and I'll keep you all up to date. Uh, we talked about CBN. It has become the leading growth catalyst in the cannabis edible market right now. I'm seeing CBN in so many different edibles right now. And what that cannabinoid is all about, it is one that helps you relax. It has uh, effects of where you, it helps you sleep. Um, it's getting so much traction right now. It is the hot new cannabinoid. Um, I've tried it. I think it's great. I've tried it in edibles. Uh, it's probably somewhere in some cannabis strains where you could smoke, but I've not seen it. Uh, but in edibles right now, it is so smoking hot. Everybody's making, uh, 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 uh something with CBN in it now. Hmm. It's crazy. It's good though. I mean, we've tried CBN mm -hmm. gummies and they're pretty good. They're amazing. They're pretty good. You know, they put you out. Um, so, but it's been, they're, it's good stuff. Um, so since we're talking about CBN and sleep, do you, we take cannabis a lot to sleep. I yeah. mean, we smoke every night totally. before we go to bed. And we smoke because it relaxes us. So what's everything I ever wanted to know about cannabis and sleep? You want to know? I mean, I hear you snore when you sleep, so I know it works yeah. for you. <laughs> I do not snore every night. No, you don't. Just on occasion. When you're in that deep, deep yeah. sleep. <laughs> and I have to just say, people who have glasses and who have had glasses for a long time... I genuinely feel for you. I've had glasses now. You look now. fucking great in glasses. I don't care and if I look your hair great. right now. I can't see. Your hair right now is banging. Great. Problem is, I can't see. So That's good. the bigger problem. So I only need glasses for reading, but now even for reading on the computer with big print. So all of my nearsightedness is gone. Um, yeah, it's a struggle, I tell you. I've tried, like... Bifocal contacts, monovision contact, just one contact. I've tried reading glasses. I've got bifocal glasses with computer lens and regular lens. Like, it's all garbage. And I'm sitting over here. Mr. Weedman was making fun of me because I was trying to figure out at where I could see <laughs> <laughs> through my glasses. <sighs> so a bit of a struggle over here. So anyway, sleeping and cannabis. That is my number one reason that I use cannabis on a regular um, I don't have trouble sleeping. I have trouble thinking. <laughs> I think too much. And especially when you try to lay down and it wouldn't necessarily keep me up at night, but the benefit of smoking before bed or having an edible before bed is that when I do sit there and lay there and think about my day, and I've said this before, it's just blah, blah. It's just when you're when you're high, you don't have these like, oh my God, I didn't do, I didn't do, I didn't do, I need to do, blah, 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 blah. It's not all that like 
cycling of thoughts in your head. It's just, oh, I think like flowers start growing this time of year. I mean, you just think about like nonsense. It just doesn't even matter. Like, oh, what color toenail polish will I use next time? Oh, the candy I ate today was really good. <laughs> right? I mean, you just think about things, right? So it's great. That's why I use cannabis. <laughs> but here we go. Uh, cannabis has been a known sedative for centuries thanks to its relaxing properties. Sleep, right? It's so vital for health and wellness, yet many of us struggle with it. Getting a good night's rest isn't as easy as you think, at least for a great deal of the population. If you're between the age of 18 and 64, you need seven to nine hours of good sleep each night, yet a surprising 35.2% of American adults sleep less than seven hours a night, Damn. while 10 to 30% of adults report they struggle with chronic insomnia. That would be awful, tossing and turning and staring at the ceiling. A night of deep sleep is essential to feeling great the next day, and it also helps prevent a host of problems down the line. It's crucial for helping the body to repair internally, prevent sickness, keep the immune system up, prevent weight gain, the list goes on. Because so many fi people find good sleep to be elusive, we've seen a rise in over-the-counter medications meant to address sleep. Yet so many of them don't work and leave people feeling extra groggy the next day. And that's where cannabis comes into play. Cannabis has been a known sedative for centuries. Thanks to its relaxing properties, there are numerous studies to prove it. On top of that, a survey conducted in 2019 where 1,000 people were polled revealed that three-fourths of them used cannabis to help them sleep, saying it was helpful. But for anyone who's starting out in the world of cannabis and for those who desperately want to, help, to use it to help them sleep, this information will help you better navigate dispensaries for the right product. There are hundreds of naturally occurring chemicals within the cannabis plant that affect sleep. The two main compounds are broken down into cannabinoids and terpenes. There are three main cannabinoids. First is tetrahydrocannabinol, which is THC. It's the primary psychoactive compound in the plant that gets you high. It's famous for its pain relief and anti-nausea properties, but it also has potent sedative effects and can help you fall asleep faster. THC has been found to reduce your time in REM sleep, which in layman's terms means that you have reduced dreams. This is especially helpful if you are prone to nightmares, which can wake you up in the middle of the night and make it harder to go back to sleep. CBD, cannabinoid, Cana that's such a hard word. Because you want to say cannabis oil, mm -hmm. but it's not. CBD. Let's just call it CBD, right? It is known for its therapeutic compounds. Uh, it doesn't get you high. Its relaxing properties are well known. It's widely used for the treatment of anxiety, pain, and depression. Studies have shown that it's also beneficial for promoting alertness and reducing sleepiness during the daytime. Then we have CBN, as Mr. Weedman was just talking about. Cannabinol. Is lesser you got that one right. That one's That's right. That's pretty good. Right? It's a lesser-known compound, though it does have potent sedative properties, which have been found to be enhanced when taken with THC. CBN also has valuable medicinal properties, such as its ability to fight pain, inflammation, and stimulate the appetite. Then we have terpenes. So we talked about the cannabinoids. Now we have the terpenes. Uh, and they've been getting a lot more attention lately because newer studies have shown their promise in adding to the cannabis medicinal property list. These invisible molecules are also found in other plants and are responsible for giving cannabis strains their unique smell and taste. 
More importantly, terpenes also have medicinal properties, and certain terpenes are helpful as they sleep um, as a sleep aid. Sorry. They are carophyllene, myrcene, terpineol, limonene, and linalool. All my favorites. Yeah. I love you them like all. Those? Oh my God. The effects There's, on all those terpenes yeah. are great. <laughs> there are certain ways you can make the most out of the cannabis to make sure you get a good night's rest. Very important is timing. Uh, timing your intake plays a big role in using cannabis for sleep. You have been timing yeah, your edible intake. Mm-hmm. How's that been going? It, I think I've kind of honed it in. Yeah. Honed it. This is especially true if you're using edibles. Edibles do take a while to kick in, though they are more potent and they help you stay asleep for longer. However, it can take anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours for the edible to kick in. But once it does, it can last you 8 to 12 hours. To be sure, make sure you medicate at least an hour before you plan to go to bed. Strains. When it comes to the plant's sedative and relaxing properties, more people are likely to buy indica strains as opposed to sativas. However, studies are showing that there are a few differences between the two strains, and the same strain can make one person sleepy while it excites the other. So instead of buying cannabis based on whether it's an indica or sativa, look for products that have been laboratory tested so that you have a good picture of the chemical makeup. Many dispensaries nowadays sell products that are uh, providing you details on the information that the strain uh, effects are. And so with that, go with that instead of the can, you know, the indica sativa thing. Yeah, we've been talking yeah. about that for a while mm-hmm. now. So Yeah, and most importantly... It's just the plant. The right. indica sativa is just the plant. It's the, it's the type of plant, the way it looks. There's rudialis, there's sativa plants, there's indica plants. You know, there's hybrid plants. That's all there is. But for a while there, that's all people were teaching because it was easy. Oh, well, that's what all that was really understood. Right, sativa makes you awake, but that's not always true. Mm-hmm. Indica makes, but there's so much more in that plant. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm glad we're we're talking more and more about this, and the industry is talking more and, and getting more about away this. from just that 100%. one or the other. Yeah. yeah. So really, what it comes down to is experimenting. Different cannabis products affect different people differently. Right? There's no one size fits all solution. Uh, though generally speaking, CBD is widely accepted as a calming sedative that works well for many people. There are other uh, people who also find a low dose or high dose THC to be best when it comes to sleep. Uh, you can shop for cannabis products that are made specifically for sleep, and it won't hurt you to experiment to see what works best for you. Of course, it also helps to follow other well-known bedtime habits that will improve your sleep. Don't rely on cannabis as a one-off solution. Here are some tried and tested tips to go together with cannabis. Reduce your exposure to bright lights before bedtime. Limit caffeine consumption later in the day. Stop taking daytime naps. Go to bed at the same time every night. Don't consume too much alcohol before bed. Last but not least, if you're taking medications, always, always, always consult your doctor before taking cannabis. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. I mean, we, I take it for back pain. I take it because I enjoy it, because I love it. I I take it because it helps me clear my mind. I take it because it helps me sleep. I take it during the day because it gives me energy. I take it for a lot of different reasons. We still got more energy than the non-users. Mm-hmm. So, but also for sleep, we get really good sleep. So, for you eighteen to sixty, what sixty-nine year olds? You said something like that. Man, you need to get more sleep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, international news: a French lawmaker 
walks up on the stage in Parliament with a joint in his hand, his mask, and goes, what, what, y'all? With that big fat doink in his hand. Mm-hmm. And then you got the uh, <laughs> the uh, person doing the sign language in the back, not actually smiling, because most of them always smile. <laughs> it's <was laughs> kind of weird. So anyway, uh, a French lawmaker named Deputy Francois Michel Lambier said, pro- I said that pretty that nicely, right? Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, don't even, I never took French. I failed Spanish twice. <laughs> so, uh, whatever. No. Uh, it says prohibition is a total failure and legalization would make it possible to dry up uh, the black market, create tax revenues, new jobs before showcasing a cup with a cannabis leaf on it and then pulling a joint from it and going, what, what, y'all? <laughs> um, so he's really in f- favor of it. Just talked about how it's been, you know, how France has been, you know, what they've been doing. And, you know, same thing here in America for like so many years being on, the, you know, you can get arrested or whatever. So it's still banned there. I think they, you know, hopefully they fix it. I like what he did. I think it's pretty ballsy. So um, an Australian company studying impact of rare cannabinoids on autism, which is great. Mm. Uh, an Australian based company with the exclusive license to a variety of rare cannabis cultivators is putting its plants to the test. Uh, and NTI neurotech international has begun studying uh, to assess the safety and tolerability of products to treat symptoms associated with autism in children. Uh, yeah, that would be interesting because uh, many children with autism have sensory issues, right? That's yep. a majority of their symptoms are yeah. sensory related and heightened sensories. Like they're very sensitive to sound, a lot of movement, a lot of, you know, stimuli. So if you gave them the wrong strain of cannabis, I mean, It'd be interesting, right? Because the only way for them to test it is to test it on people who yeah, have I'm autism. Sure that, I'm sure there's parents out there that but would probably do it. They would have to with... be like verbal kids with that are verbal because right. you couldn't give it to a nonverbal they autistic might be able to child. Put those those, those to uh, electrodes the, yeah. on the brain and to see what if the, if yeah. he if he's not a talk if he he or she cannot right, talk, right. they might be able to put the brain sensors and find out what's wrong hmm. and what, what they can do. So the results uh, from the trial will be used to plan for future phase uh, two and three of the studies, which is dope. Uh, medicinal cannabis has the potential to provide this treatment, but only anti-idolos naturally derived strains offer full spectrum CBDs with little to no THC and important consideration when treating children, um, said the chairman of uh, Neurotech. Uh, the NTI strains contain rare cannabinoids like CBD, BDP and CBDB in addition to large quantities of CBD. It's very exciting from what they're saying and uh, it looks like it's the testing is going to move forward to like I said phase 2 and 3 and then they're yeah. going to start studying uh, uh, attention to decef- uh, deficit hyperactivity disorder and then epilepsy also a part of this. So I think that's great good for you for our friends down under. Uh, keep on banging it out man. You guys are doing great stuff down there. Here's something I thought was really interesting. We love farmers markets. Uh, when we're like up in Madison, we used to visit Old Dog up mm-hmm. there, uh, and we loved that Saturday morning far- farmers market. Uh, the Saturday morning market in Oregon and Portland was always great, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but Canadian farmers uh, in Canada want to market; uh, they want to sell cannabis in their markets. I think that's a great idea. Um, I know there's there's people that's for it, there's people that's against it, like regulations and all that kind of stuff. I think that is absolutely wonderful. And you've heard me talk about this on the show many times where one day you will see it 
at farmers markets. And I think that's going to be great where you know it's coming from an all organic farm. They're growing it on their farm. You know where it comes from. You know what they're putting in it. They're presenting it in jars on the table where then they can explain the effects of it because they're actually growing it and smoking it and bringing it to the farmer's market hmm. and being able to maybe uh, sell honey, infused honey with it and stuff that they naturally do on their farms. Baked goods, all that kind of stuff. You can. I, I hope that we see that one day. Because they're going to study their plants and their phenos and where the seeds came from, and they're going to take the true care of it, not rush it out. It's going to have to go, and it's going to be grown outdoor, which is awesome. Yeah. So I hope we see it one day in the United States. I hope Canada Canada can do it. Be the leader, Canada, like you have been the global leader since you legalized it through your whole country. So keep on doing it. Um, aromatherapy. Yep. You like it. I do. Right. Mm-hmm. I I. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of it because it just overpowers my my senses, my nose senses. I do I do try to like it though. I do. Then one night when we were uh, we were really baked and we were just smelling the bottles, <laughs> we were. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. I have a bunch of that. Yeah, I, I can essential do. Oils. I can go and smell the oils. I do, in, in the atomizer though, it's just too much for too long. Like I could take it for like a thirty minutes, mm. but I know you love it. Yeah. So I do. Take it away with uh, terpenes and cannabis yeah, aromatherapy. This? I never thought about this. Aromatherapy with terpenes and cannabis. Wouldn't that be super cool? Um, well, apparently they're starting to do this. And when aromatherapy is combined with medical cannabis, it has an intense effect that makes you feel better all around. Do you know that there is another unique way the body can ingest cannabis without smoking, vaping, or consuming an edible? It's an uncommon method called aromatherapy. Some users are always skeptical at first of the healing properties of this technique, but their views often change when they get to know that the plant's aromatic and flavorful terpenes can be inhaled to gain some of their common benefits. The cannabis plant has a complex mixture of terpenes or essential oils, over 200 of them, which each amplify the aroma of the plant. The discovery of the aromatherapy process has given the world a way to exploit the essential oil present in the cannabis plant. Uh, Here, you will be given a comprehensive guide on terpenes and cannabis aromatherapy, how it works, how it's applied, and the effectiveness of this uncommon practice. So what exactly is cannabis aromatherapy? The term aromatherapy fuses two words, aroma and therapy. Aroma means the smell, while therapy is defined as treatment for mental or physical disorders. Cannabis aromatherapy can be described as the ancient practice of inhaling cannabis-infused essential oils for their healing properties. Cannabis and its terpenes have healing properties that make the essential oil very potent. This is also because the olfactory system and endocannabinoid receptors are triggered by the cannabis itself. This practice has been in use for several years to help patients with mental disorders like insomnia, paranoia, and heightened anxiety. Aromatherapists claim that the practice of cannabis aromatherapy utilizes the extracted plants to stimulate as well as harmonize the body, mind, and spirit of a person. How do they make the aromatherapy oil? Cannabis contains a complex mixture of terpenes, whereas most plants contain just one or two. These terpenes are isolated and identified, after which they are extracted and converted into their liquid form. The extraction process is often carried out through steam distillation process or by the use of a strong solvent. The concentrated, specific terpene liquid can be mixed with another to replicate the intense scent of the cannabis plants. So how does it work? 
Well, there are misconceptions that cannabis aromatherapy works the same way ingested cannabis does. That is not so. Aromatherapy does not produce the unique internal molecular action that promotes therapeutic interactions. That is what the usual cannabis consumption does. What it does instead is that it works through a slight interaction with receptors in the brain and central nervous system. The scent receptors in the brain and olfactory system are rich in natural receptors of cannabinoids. When you inhale these terpene-infused essential oils, the receptors process these scents and enact a relaxation and pain-relieving response from the central nervous system. That's freaking mind-blowing, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Some of the benefits of this therapy include better skin, feeling uplifted, pain relief, and reduced insomnia. There are several ways this aromatherapy process can be carried out, but the most promising and effective methods for applying cannabis aromatherapy include massaging, your chances of relaxing after using the cannabis oil on your skin increase. Massaging with the use of cannabis oils provides an up-close interaction that allows you to take in the soothing scents for a time, both during the massage process and even after. Would you like that? Well, I don't know. We could talk about that later. Sounds good. Okay. With massage, the terpenes will remain on your skin for several hours. It's important to understand that your cannabis oil must be mixed with either water or another massage oil before applying to your skin, and it's arguably the best way to apply cannabis oil. Another way would be steaming. You would inhale the steam. That would be so nice, like a facial. Like you stand over, like... Uh, steamy hot water Mm. with a towel around your head. That'd be awesome. And you inhale the steam of canvas oil from a humidifier. You only need to add a few drops of the essential oil into the humidifier. Experts claim that this method induces a sedative and therapeutic effect only when it is at the right temperature. The steam can either be warm or cold, but not hot. What's the temperature to say? No, we have to research that a little bit. It just says not hot. I don't know what technically what that means. Uh, Diffusing which you could just use a little diffuser, right? A lot of people prefer this method because it's very stress-free and can be used in the home. Add a couple of drops of cannabis oil into your diffuser. At at intervals, the diffuser releases the aromatic oils into the room, creating a peaceful and therapeutic environment. Whenever the room is entered, it will create a change in mood and induce Hell the yeah, sedative. Would. Yeah, I know. Everyone be like, "What are you just smoking all the time?" I'm gonna buy You'd some end up oil. Smelling like, I'm gonna buy some yeah. next time I go to the dispensary or like make patchouli. some make some oil and, and get a little bit of both, and we're gonna try it. I know, right? And then you could spray. You could do a spray bottle with diluted cannabis oil in it, and you could be your own aromatherapist. You can spray your couch, blankets, linens, and whenever you're feeling down, you can, can then you sp- feel. Can we uplifted. spray our mask? Sure. Our mask that we have oh, to wear every nice day. Oh, would that be nice to smell that oh, all the time? Amazing. Another creative way is to spray a handkerchief for use whenever you're out. So yeah, spray your mask. Hell yeah, spray your mask, everyone. Everyone be high. What, what? <laughs> so you might be wondering how effective is this really, right? Well, cannabis aromatherapy is a potent technique that works for some, but not all, medical disorders. When used alone, aromatherapy can only calm you or stimulate your senses, but when it's combined with medical cannabis use, so smoke and sniff, <laughs> right? It I'm has all for those imagine that. now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It will have an intense effect that makes you feel better all around. Hell Researchers yeah. are actively working on ways to improve aromatherapy using cannabis extracts. Um, some important terpenes used for this ancient technique include myrcene, 
linalool. There's your linalool. Love that linalool. Limonene. Love the limonene. And pinene. Pinene so, is more of an uppity terpene, though. Yeah. So to be know that, it's probably the most abundant in all smells because of pine needles and stuff like right. that. So when you're knowing that, that, that pinene, the other ones are more of a... Could be in the middle, but more lower. Like myrcene is can be used as both. Sometimes they say depending on A or B myrcene, but um, those three are more of a downer. With the with the uh, pine is a little more upper. a little more of an upper. Yeah, yeah. So they say all in all, cannabis aromatherapy is an effective practice that induces uplifting and euphoric patterns. It's smokeless and devoid of any unpleasant odors. The little well, that's that's depends on the person smelling it right like if you smell like weed people are like oh my god you smell like weed and i'm like oh my god that smells so good but if you if you have if you have um the smell of that terpene though you won't smell but you won't smell the weed at all because that terpene is going to mask it like if you put like a strong like but they're saying you can mix it with yeah yeah i I get that that but you won't really smell it that much if you're putting a heavy dose of the terpene Um. in there so you can hide it. Officer pulls you over going, hey, you smell like weed. No, I don't. That's, that's limoline. Uh, what the hell is that? Oh, it's the same thing you'd smell in lemon pledge. <laughs> so, Well, there is little research so far that's been carried out on terpenes. Um, so we have a whole set of properties and beneficial medical treatments that may be brought to our attention in coming years. Yo, everybody Yo. start testing it out. I'm going to. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm either going to buy some, some CBD or THC oil from the dispensary or make my own, um, and then add some of the uh, terpenes to it. Because you could buy <laughs> terpenes. I know I had like a little slip well, there. Yeah. So right. yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Just that that second third hit is hitting good. Hey, real quick before I talk more. Uh, last week, Mrs. Wee Man bought up a character from a TV show, and somebody reached out to us. Someone DM'd uh, the Wee Man Four Twenty Chronicles on Instagram. And his name is Jay. Mr. Jay Bones is the winner of stickers. He got the character. He figured it out. He figured out both, though. The first time the character was shown and then the show. And then the show he was on. So some of you might not know this. It's an old, late 70s, early 80s show. It was called Mork and Mindy. Oh, my gosh. And it was Robin Williams and... He the character was put on a show called Happy Days that was portrayed as the 1950s uh, Fonz. If you guys ever heard the Fonz, uh, he's a greaser, and then there was Archie Cunningham. He was first shown on that as an alien, Nanu Nanu, and he did this weird finger thing that I can never get, and it's very it's not the uh, it wasn't a live long and prosper by yes it was that there you go yes and he had the thumb up front so I can't do it. Your thumb folds across your palm, and then your your four. Fingers that are left up are separated in the center. Yes. So you have a V. Yes. Two fingers and two fingers. So. Nanu, nanu. So it was weird. I can never do that as a kid. But Jay got it. And it was also his, it turned into his own show called Mork and Mindy. So uh, Jay, you're the winner of stickers. Send me your address, brother, and we'll get you some stickers. Thank you for participating in the in the quiz. This is Weed Man <laughs> put out there for everybody. That's so. a big one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we watch sports. I don't watch sports like I used to. I do pay attention to them, though. I, I'm just not a, a crazy sports person anymore. But um, what's awesome is that there's a list of like the most sports and who smokes the most, who has the most weed smoking fans. Huh. Kind of crazy. All right. Before you even say it, let's think. Who has the most weed smoking fans in all sports? All sports. All sports. Mm-hmm. We're talking about boxing. Mm. We can talk about, you can talk about. Anything. 
What do you think number know. one is? The most percentage. Table tennis. Goofball. <laughs> Ping pong. Ping pong. Um, MMA, UFC, huh. 41%. I would say snowboarding, and that's probably such a biased answer. But there's not... That's but, extreme but it, sports. Yeah, but you, I don't know if everybody watches snowboarding. We do. I like snowboarding. Swimming. No. MMA, UFC, 41%. Is number one. Number those two. Aren't, those aren't exports. Those are like considered no, that's, just regular that's a, that's sports. A, yeah. And then uh, esports, number two, which is 40%. NFL, 36%. That throws me. NBA, 35%. Huh. NHL, 33%. MLB, 30%. And NCAA, 28%. No golf? No golf. Nobody's, they didn't even make the list. That would be a good sport to watch high. They didn't even make a list. It's so boring. It's not boring, but it is boring. If you understand golf, it's not. It's, right. It's pleasant For to people watch. that don't it understand it. It just takes it. a long time. Right. Yeah. Um, all I know is it's hard as hell to hit that little ball. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> oh my God. I could take some nice chunks of grass out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so terrible. that was a good list. At night on the weekends, Mrs. Weeman and I love to listen to music. Late night while we're down in 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 the weed weed cave, I guess the weed basement, <laughs> the basement, the basement where we smoke and where we listen to music, where our studio is at, and uh, one of our favorite things to do is to, to listen to music and uh, late while we're really baked when we're in conversation and we just listen, turn it on. But there is a list, another list uh, to add to your playlist of the twenty best stoner burner potheads. Vipers, whatever playlist. So, Mrs. Weedman, you're yep. up. You're up to bat again to the plate, banging hey, hey. 300 today. So we have the 20 best stoner songs to add to your playlist. This is an article from BuzzFeed. Uh, well, everyone has a different taste when it comes to their stoner music, right? Well, some people enjoy calm, relaxing tunes, and others enjoy funk and bass-heavy cuts. Uh, there are just some select cuts that really stimulate my high, says this BuzzFeed journalist. What Music- stimulates your high, Mrs. Weedman? Good bass. Good bass. Yeah. The heart, like we're hitching right. the yeah. heart. Like yeah. your nostrils are vibrating. <laughs> it feels like your ears are going to bleed. All right, bleed. so we, before we go oh further, God. we have to tell That's pretty amazing. all the people out there that Mr. and Mrs. Weedman love EDM. We do. There's we're some- like, yeah, we're going to be those like 80 year old people that are like up at Lollapalooza <laughs> at the stage. We've seen we've seen we've seen Dead Mouse how many times four mm-hmm. four times we've seen after bass, shows after shows are even amazing. better mm-hmm. uh, we've seen bass nectar countless numbers of times we've seen Skrillex we've seen so bass nectar I, was my first EDM live at Lollapalooza and I was hooked yeah yeah I've been listening it to forever like, but. Mm. But mm. I mean, we love techno. I mean, it's we fun. I started listening to techno back in like the the late eighties. Like I don't drive around in my car. I'll have you know, listening to EDM. But it's we just, do like, love. When it comes to a show. That's super we fun. went to. What was the kid? What was his name? He's from Orland Park. His name was Waffle or something like that. No, he was not Waffle. What, what was his name? I don't know. He was playing like waffle. waffles on the screen. We were like amazed. He was like eighteen <laughs> years old, and we went and saw him. And and we know the owners yeah, of the club that he that he was DJing at. And the guy looked at us when we walked in. He's like, "What the hell are you guys Why doing are you here? here?" We were like the oldest 
we, oldest. Oh, yeah, we were. yeah, we were we were dancing with like twenty one, twenty two year old, like, like sweaty dancing. The kids there were younger than our smoking own kids. fat doinks. Yeah, yeah, we were having a blast. And we didn't uh, care. no, we just because we love the music, we love the vibe. So yes, we 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 are old but yet young at heart. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Mrs. V. Red. Sorry. Well, uh, this BuzzFeed journalist said music made by smokers just hits differently. You know, not all the tracks are even about cannabis, but they enhance your experience nonetheless. Uh, the cannabis community is all about sharing, he went on to say. He could share hundreds of songs to smoke to, but instead he wanted to give us his favorite playlist. So here we go with what will hopefully bless your stoner moments with some solid, good tunes. So for your next sesh, throw on some of these tracks. His first one is Legalize It by Peter Tosh. We saw Peter Tosh. No, you- we did not. Yes, we did. No, no, we didn't. We didn't see Peter Tosh. We saw, um, he was great. We saw him at the- we Oh, saw, we saw Jimmy Cliff. Jimmy Cliff. That's mm. what we saw. He was so good. He was awesome. But Peter Tosh, yes, he's a classic, right? So he's got Legalize It as number one, and he says, it doesn't really get much more classic than this. Legalize It by Peter Tosh will make you feel high even if you don't smoke. I think so. I agree. Mm-hmm. Two, Shine On You Crazy Diamond by Pink Floyd. This epic journey of a song starts off serene and peaceful like the birth of a galaxy. Then it explodes like a big bang into a beautiful mix of instrumentation. Number three, Still Blazing by Wiz Khalifa. I love Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, that song he did with Snoop, Still, I can mm-hmm. still sing that song. It's so good. Oh, gosh. Of course he made it on the list, right? Still, Blazin' is an immaculate mix of hip-hop and reggae. The smooth stoner's anthem was one of the singles that really put Wiz on the map. Number four, Three Little Birds by Bob Marley. Your favorite song by Bob I know, Marley. It's so sweet. The great Bob Marley will grace this list more than once, I'm sure. However, Three Little Birds really hits the spot. This positive message and groovy bass line will have your hips shaking and head nodding while you hit the ganja. Five, Feel Good Incorporated, or Inc., by Gorillaz. It's not hard to feel good when listening to this generation-defining Gorillaz mega-hit. There's just that, something about those haunting vocals and reverberating guitars that hit the stoner soul. When you hear that first word, feel good, you, get, you just get happy <laughs> like, every time. It, when it, play, it got played on the radio like a bazillion times, and you still <laughs> didn't get mad about it. <laughs> Number six, Mary Jane by Rick James. This Rick James hit is so damn happy, you can tell he was high as hell when he made the track. Great song. This song sounds like what I would imagine floating on a cloud of weed would feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I love Number seven, you, Mary Jane. Uptown Top Ranking by Aletha. I'm sorry, Althea and Donna. Another legendary island vibe. Whisk yourself away from your current surroundings and melt into the Caribbean jam. Number eight, Marijuana by Kid Cudi. I can't even say the word marijuana without immediately thinking about this song. The dizzying pianos are entrancing on this banger. Get high and get lost in this masterpiece. Number nine. I mm, want to play this song so bad. because Nothing, nothing But a J Thing. Baby. By but Dr. Dre. Just the beginning of it is just, mm-hmm. I wish we could play it, but we'd probably get in trouble. Mm-hmm. But I fucking it's love great. this song. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Dre featuring Snoop Dogg. The doc and the dog took the world by storm with this classic hip-hop song. The bass line is so damn smooth, I want to just float away a vibe into it. Nothing but a G-thing should be, never be listened to without a blunt in hand, period. Period. <laughs> 10, Kea by Bob Marley. 
Kea isn't a super popular Marley track, but I don't know why. The funky guitars on this one just mesh with Marley's merry vocals so well that it creates a jubilant vibe. 11. Strawberry Fields Forever by The Beatles. The Beatles are skilled at capturing the feeling of being stoned and putting it into music, and that's what they do on Strawberry Fields Forever. Get lost in some weed with this trippy track. Remember when I held that guy on my shoulders during that party and he was singing Strawberry mm-hmm. Fields the whole song? Yes. I held him on my shoulders. That was pretty funny. <laughs> you guys were in your own world. We were. We were Strawberry yeah. Fielding it for sure. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> 12, How High by Method Man and Red Man. Another great song. Years before Red Man and Method Man made a film of the same name, they united for the Stoner's Anthem. These two legends have endless hits to smoke weed to, but How High is the original and the best one. I will always say this, Wu-Tang forever, Wu-Tang for life. (laughs) 13, Purple Haze by the Jimi Hendrix Experience. This song just hits the soul, doesn't it? Hendrix lays down heavy guitar riffs on Purple Haze that will elevate your high like no other musical artist can. 14, 2 a.m. by Slightly Stupid. Oh, man, is there any sound more glorious than that sax on this this track? 2 a.m. could even make Hulk home. If you want to get lost in a magical stoner vibe, light one up and throw this on. 15, Come Around by Collie Buds. Collie Buds has a grip of dope smoking tracks, but his hit Come Around is peak marijuana energy for me. It walks the line of hip-hop and reggae perfectly, and the hook is just irresistible. 16, Sensual Seduction by Snoop Dogg. This song has nothing to do with smoking, but damn... This instrumental is just as trippy and gorgeous when you're stoned. Get lost in this pretty beat as you blow some good good. <laughs> some good good. He's got, a new, he's got a new song that I just watched mm-hmm. today, and Madonna was smoking a big fat blunt on it. She, yeah. she didn't sing. They just showed her. That's funny. She, she looks really young. She's like 65, isn't she? Yeah. She looked like she was like 35. No. Well, yeah. <laughs> She can look that was good. It the, was it the cannabis that right. kept her that young? And good eating and lots of exercise. Yeah. 17, Crumble and Herb by Outcast. Are you even a true stoner if you haven't smoked to Andre Three Stacks and Big Boy's celebrating smoking at, celebrated smoking anthem? Crumble and Herb is an effortless groove that will help you forget about the stresses of your life as you blow good tree. <laughs> blow good tree. 18. Distance by V-Scripts. This mystical instrumental is so relaxing that it complements your high. V-Scripts Distance isn't about smoking weed, but the mellow vibes are a match made in heaven with cannabis. 19. I Want to Get High by Cypress Hill. The title says it all, I Want to Get High, is not only a great song, it's a thought I have at least 100 times a day while I'm at work, so don't tell my boss. (laughs) This is not me. This is the journalist saying this. And 20, his final recommendation is Next Episode by Dr. Dre. Smoke weed every day may be the last words of this Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg hit, but it's the first phrase that comes to mind when I think of the next episode and trust that I will follow those instructions. That's it, people. That's a great list. Put those list. on your playlist. Or that's some a great of them, list. anyway. I'm going to make a Spotify list fun. of that. Of just that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a Spotify list when I'm driving. Because that, that list fun. is pretty awesome. So um, I know most everybody's heard a lot of those songs. If you haven't, well, now you know. Get listening to them. So mm-hmm. um, I want to say one thing. I so love growing my own weed. Because <laughs> this show has been great. Because I've been smoking it. And I feel great. 
I'm going to go watch a good show with Mrs. Weedman because this show is over. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. We love you all out there. We appreciate you all listening all over the world. Love one another out there, man. It's tough times ahead. It ain't getting any easier And what I'm seeing out there. And I just want to, I'm praying for you all out there around the world. It ain't, it ain't fun what I'm seeing. And I would want to say I love you all and just peace be with you all. Peace be with you. Miss Weedman, you got anything else to say? No. Nothing? No. You finally seeing better? I can see. Partially. Clearly now the oh, rain about how is clearly, gone. I'm, I'm good. I got my, I did, that really definitely was like a high induced blur. Because <laughs> <laughs> my vision is better right now. <laughs> I'll have to smoke again and find out if that's really what happened. There it is. There it is. The end of the show. All you burner stoners and potheads out there. I love you. Send us a DM, Weedman420Chronicles, Insta, uh, Weedman420Pod on Twitter. Send us an email. We'll answer, Weedman420Chronicles at gmail.com. Once again, have a great, great, great smoke sesh with whoever you're smoking with. We love you all. As Paulie always says, smoke smart. Puff, puff, and away. Puff, puff, pass.